How do you win with money? That's a question so many people are asking right now, especially in a week when we watched Netflix stock tumble by $54 billion. Elon Musk took over Twitter. I mean, it's just a crazy time. If you're watching the stock market, I'm sorry about your whiplash. It's been it's been a real ride. And you might be wondering, like, with inflation, with what's going on in the world, with the war, how do we win with money? And you might have a family you're trying to raise, and you're just asking all these questions. It's a really stressful time when you think about money. But I'm convinced that God wants us to win with money. I'm welcoming my friend Bob Newman here today, who has a lifetime of experience helping families win with money. And uh, we've been talking a little bit about his experience, about what he's observed. And Bob, we'd love to just hear some of your expertise on things that, uh, you know, things, how do you, how do you get out of debt? Uh, how do you enjoy life, you know, knowing that you got so many limitations? How do you become somebody who makes a difference in the world? You have anything to say about any of those topics, Bob? Oh, always. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when it comes to debt, I think the most important thing is to want to get out of debt. Yeah. And um, we suggest people using that 80-20 rule Mm -hmm. or the 70-30 rule. Yeah. And you live on 80, but you take your 20% and set 10% 10% aside for long-term savings, mm-hmm. 5% minimum for emergency fund, mm-hmm. and then you have 5% left over for giving mm-hmm. or for paying down your debt. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you have to massage that a little bit. Maybe you only go 5% to long-term savings and 3% yeah. for uh, emergency fund and then take that rest and apply it towards your debt. You know, you can do a debt roll-up, which means you take the smallest debt you have and you you add, say, $50 or $100 to that, get that paid off, and take that same money and roll it up to the next one. And you can actually take, say, ten or eleven, twelve thousand dollars of debt, which would include maybe some student loans, mm-hmm. your credit cards, and have that all paid off within the next three years. Yeah. If you keep that principle going and do it for twelve years, you can get completely out of debt, including your mortgage, if you want to do that. Yeah, that'd be amazing to have no mortgage. Well then you've got you know, you've got fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred dollars, depending on what you're paying a month, yeah. that you can put toward retirement. And uh, live a great life. Yeah. If you don't have a mortgage payment, that's huge. That is huge. Now, I've been to your house. In fact, we've played uh, the modified golf game yeah, at your place that right. you have. On And how many acres do you have at your place? 21. 21 acres. Yeah. Now, Bob is uh, only 29 years old and still uh, does all the work around his place. And, uh, 29, you weird, said. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and we were just talking about how you're doing all this 5,000 feet of trails. You're putting new bark down and chips and also you can have a good trail system. But at your home, so how long has your home, do you mind me asking, how long has it been paid off? Um, I don't know how quite how to answer that. I have a beach house. That's probably a better answer there. Okay. Because if I took, um, 10 years ago, I took a, a reverse mortgage on my place. Okay. And I haven't had a, haven't made a payment for that whole ten or twelve years, right. but the place has increased in value almost double. Sure. While the mortgage has only increased a little bit. Okay. Portion of that. Yeah. 
So when you get to be my age and you have all this equity in your home, there's a places up there now, like mine, even though I have a modest home, it's probably worth $1.2 million. Mm-hmm. Big property. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And that's another thing I would encourage people to do is be sure you can get into a piece of property because it grows on the... Uh, say it's worth seven hundred thousand. So you got seven hundred thousand growing. Where if you have investments of fifty thousand, it's yeah. only fifty thousand growing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it can grow really fast with property, uh, and it's, it's fairly safe bet yeah. really over the long haul. So to go a little further on it, I, I bought the beach house about twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven years ago. Paid one hundred and thirty thousand and put thirty thousand down on it. Today it's worth seven hundred thousand, and I paid that off in ten years. That was my way of saving. I like to spend, but I also have disciplined myself to to save ten percent of what I make and put that away. I'm yeah. still doing that today. That's great, Bob. Yeah. I love it. That's cool. Okay, so let's say somebody's out there right now and um, money is a real issue in their marriage. Okay. Um, how would you advise them to release some of the tension, lessen some of the tension? What are some principles you could talk about that would help them, you know, come together on a plan for uh, succeeding, winning with money? First thing I think they need to do is sit down and look at where they're at. And then both of them, every time they do an expenditure, write it down for the next 30 days, write down everything you've spent so you can get a handle on what you're doing. Now, usually in a marriage, one person will be the person that likes to spend, the other person likes to save. <laughs> and somehow you gotta get on the same page. You wanna get out of debt, you wanna be financially free someday, and you gotta sit down and figure out where you are for the for the, for the next 30 days, find out where all your money's going, yeah, and then start making some decisions. You know, for the one who likes to spend in the family, and sometimes it's the man, unfortunately. (laughs) We won't ask my wife about that. Yeah. And, you know, we go out and we buy these nice big honking trucks because we're we're a carpenter, so we think we need this big truck to do our business. And yet, how often do you use the bed of the truck? Wouldn't it be better to buy a used car? You know, an 08 that's got 125,000 miles on it, you could probably pick it up for 10 to 12, 13, 14,000. Instead of paying 65 to 70,000 with a big lease or a big payment. Yeah. You know, it's just some things like mm-hmm. that you can do. So it sounds like you're saying we got to get on the same page about what we actually want Yeah, um, in a family. And, um, you know, uh, just to throw in one thing that we've noticed, my wife and I have noticed, is that a shared goal often does pull us together. Yeah. And and so maybe it's just more conversation on what is something we both want that uh, we could then go to work on. We'd be willing to sacrifice for. Um, and there's the key. Yeah. Get a sacrifice. Yeah, that's right. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. What's something that um, has pulled you together with your family over the years? I mean, the beach house might be one thing. Was there anything else that for you was like you were sharing a goal? Well, I uh, from the beginning, I always uh, mentioned to my son, you need to save 10%, period. You know, that's an old theory from way back. Yeah. And, 
he's done much better than I have over the years as far as saving. Okay. And he's, pra- he's in practice set uh, with his kids and his grandkids. Okay. Yeah, and so your son's Mike. And, you know, I mean, just for those of you who are listening and you don't know Bob or Mike, I mean, they've been together, working together uh, really as a team, right, in the financial business, helping yeah. families win with money. Right. With uh, World Financial Group and uh, Transamerica. Any other names we should mention? Those are the main ones. Main yeah. ones, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I've known Bob for a long time, and just watching their family legacy has really been um, remarkable. I mean, really amazing to see. Um, people caring so much about what we called on Sunday in our church service at Westside, we called stewardship, mm-hmm. you know, that um, God has given us um, his resources and we're responsible to, sh- to handle those well, to manage those well. And we've really watched you guys, not just you, but also your family, um, take up that legacy. That's, that's been really cool. Yeah. And one thing when it comes to money, it's probably the most thing that families argue about. And you get into a real Donnybrook oftentimes, and uh, one gets really hurt. So you have to ask yourself, was it really that important? Mm -hmm. Anything you say, was it really that important? And make sure before you lay your head on the pillow or after you put your head on the pillow that if you're the one that was uh, the bad person, (laughs) make sure you ask forgiveness. That's great. You know, don't yeah. go to sleep, you know, until you've asked forgiveness or the other, you know, your partner, same way. Yeah. And we, we know that um, arguing about money, tension over financial communication is actually the number two cause of divorce yeah. right now. So I love that idea that there'd be this willingness to acknowledge when you may have stepped over a bounds and yeah. been a little too aggressive about something you were communicating. But how do you know the difference between something that really is important and something that might not be as important? I think it comes back to your goal and uh, what it is you want to accomplish and how bad do you want to get out of debt? Mm-hmm. How bad do you want to go for financial freedom? And there's nothing like financial freedom. I don't owe anybody anything, basically. Yeah. You know, don't have any bills. And uh, credit cards are okay as long as you pay them up every month and mm-hmm. keep them current. Mm-hmm. You know? um, but there's just a lot of things you can do to cut back while you're pursuing your goal of getting out of debt and moving on. Uh, my wife and I, instead of going to fancy restaurants, would go – Still to a nice restaurant, but go to happy hour. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if you like wine or beer, then I would suggest you only use one glass or one glass of beer. Don't order two or three. Don't order two or three glasses, you know. And buy a nice meal and split it. Mm-hmm. So that's one way you can save. Clothes, you'd be surprised what Goodwill has jeans and all kinds of shirts that are really in good shape, really nice, that you can go down and get for, you know, very little. Yeah. Um, I got to point out, Bob, as you're saying this stuff, you know, here's a guy that has two properties worth $2 million, and you're advocating that it's okay if you go buy used clothes. And, I mean, I think that's kind of the paradox a lot of times in people's minds is that if you have a lot of money, you need to spend a lot of money. 
But you're basically saying if you want to have a lot of money, you have to not spend a lot of money. Right. Uh, because Correct. you got to be careful where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Comes back to the goal. Yeah, it does. And okay. discipline. You got to have discipline. I mean, I, I can't uh, just, it, it's amazing how many people sometimes we sat down with, got them going straight, got them on a good goal, and got them on a debt reduction program. And pretty soon, the old anxiety and desire to buy something they really don't need. Mm-hmm. You know, you think we have to have all this stuff. And I like stuff. Yeah. You know, my house is full of stuff. <laughs> but if you use the principle of like the 70-30 rule, and you live on the 70% and take the 30% to pay down your debt, get emergency fund going, get a long-term savings going – doesn't matter what you spend the seventy percent on. Yeah. As long as you do this. Yeah. You can buy anything you want. Yes. All right? Yep. And when you make more money, then you can put more away and you can spend more. You can buy a yacht, you can buy a Mercedes, you can buy whatever you you know, whatever you want. Yeah. But you've got to do the seventy thirty rule or the eighty twenty, depending on where your debt picture is. So when you think about worthwhile goals that could pull families together. Um, you've said over and over again, just in our short time, get out of debt. That's a goal. Yeah. Uh, you've mentioned financial freedom. Um, what are some other goals that you think are worth sacrificing for? Oh, you kind of got me there. Um, well, you, you need to be involved in real estate. So there should be a goal there, I think, um, to, to be buying real estate. Um you, obviously, it's good to contribute to your 401k or get, get a private uh, program going. So diversification a little bit right, for investment. Because you, can you can't save your way to retirement. Right. It just won't work. So you gotta be you got to save enough money so you can put money down on a piece of property that has a potential to escalate. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're going to be. That's where it's going to come in later on down the road. To, uh, for your financial freedom mm-hmm. and retirement. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so investing is another worthwhile goal. Yes. So debt-free, investing, um, financial freedom. What do you think that financial freedom really does for people? Makes them happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, in what way? Well, you don't have the stress. You don't have... Uh, the problem of worrying about bills or where the money's going to come from. You know, you're you're more at peace with yourself, mm-hmm. with your family. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing I think is important, as you've asked here, which I um, would like to take a little bit of time on. And that's so important to take some time throughout the day or in the morning before you get started. Spend some time with God. You know, just sit. We're so busy. Mm-hmm. We're just so busy. We're just going, 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 go, go. We need to stop and just know that God is there. Be still and know that I am God. You mm-hmm. know, not me, but <laughs> yeah, we get you. You know, yeah, that's great. But just to spend some time and reflection and prayer and it's such an important thing. It has been important in my life to do that every morning. I still do it. Yeah. Well, and you've been a part of a local church here in the community for a long time. Right. And um, I imagine there's been 
you know, you've talked about giving. I'm sure that that's been an important part of your connection with your local church yes, and yes. financially supporting the mission of that yeah. church. Yeah. Um, how has your financial freedom contribute? You know, how has that impacted your ability to give? Well, if somebody uh, is going on a missionary journey or something they want to do, and they need money, uh, uh, I could give them a thousand bucks. We have a couple drives at church. Um, one is a Christmas thing where we uh, help families in in need. It's nice to be able to give to that. Uh, food pantry, give to that. And all these things that come by, maybe Union Gospel Mission or some of those areas that you might like to give to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's included in your whole, if you're going by the 10% rule of giving, that's part of all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it, I think that in some ways you're one of those guys that sort of, you don't advertise like, that this you don't brag about no. those parts of your life but no. when you know i'm looking into your life i can see it pretty clearly i can see it in the way you use your home you know of always you're very hospitable and you've you know your financial freedom has allowed you to host That's and correct. to bring people yeah. together yeah. and to invest relationally in people and um, you know it's something that i know a lot of people wish they could do but because of Financial constraints, they can't yet. And so uh, it's a great example for us to strive toward that um, ability to say, yeah, we, we are not a slave to our mortgage or to those bills or to those other things. But now we can make decisions about how we use our time yeah. and our resources. Yeah, and then also, you you know, it, people don't invite people over for dinner anymore for some reason. I mean, you know, we used to do that in the old days. You'd go to church and bring somebody home where you'd have people over during the week and it costs money to do that. Mm-hmm. And when you have financial freedom, it doesn't matter what the grocery bill is. And it doesn't matter what, if you take somebody out to dinner you want to buy their dinner, it doesn't matter what they order. You know, because you can afford it. Yeah. You know? That's a beautiful vision, I think, for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, Bob, and your um, steady example, honestly, just as I've watched you over the last couple of decades of my life, knowing you, knowing your example, your family, your legacy, it's been very inspiring, and I just appreciate you. uh, you've stuck with it, and I think it gives me hope that, um, you know, when you look at this, being a follower of Jesus, um, it doesn't mean you, you got to end up poor, <laughs> you know? Uh, in many ways, I think he wants us to do well financially so we can bless other people, which yeah, you've done. Yeah. And so thank you for showing us that example. Appreciate you having uh, the time to spend with us today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. You betcha. Thanks so much for joining us for uh, this little episode of the Westside Podcast Midweek Motivation episode. Uh, we hope that you kind of like look in and get a few nuggets out of this time. And I want to ask you to do two specific things today. One is, would you subscribe to this podcast and make sure that everyone you know has subscribed so you don't miss any of them? And secondly is, would you consider popping by a Westside service some Sunday? You can do that in person in our campus right here in the Portland, Oregon area, or you can do that online. You can find out more at westsidecommunitychurch.com and we would love to see you soon.